Hey everybody and welcome to episode 72 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So welcome to episode 72, guys and girls. I hope you're well. Today's episode is another humdinger. We've got it. Paul, check back on. I uh, can't wait to get him out to you. Um, unfortunately, Paul's schedule was really busy, so we had to cut this one short, but I will be getting him back on. Um, for, well, I'll say cut short, it's about, about 50 minutes an hour, whereas I know generally with Paul, we could go for two, um, and we'll be getting him back on um, periodically, so don't worry about that. But we cover some f- phenomenal stuff uh, in this episode. We go quite deep, which is brilliant. Um, as always, guys, the uh, the free four-day mini course is going really well for anyone out there who's got a chronic health issue. Um, www.reviveyourself.co for that one. And um, I said before, if you you're dealing with any individual, well, any any chronic health issues, any chronic health issues that you've been dealing with for a long period of time, and you're looking for some one-to-one support and help and a program to get you through that, then you can always contact me at Ryan at reviveyourself.co or you can head on over to the contact link uh, on the www.reviveyourself.co page and fill out uh, the form and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Um, just to let you know this one, guys, Paul Check, the Check Institute, if you've got um, anyone who's interested in learning nutrition or, or, or doing any sort of thing in health, I'd highly recommend Paul's course. All this NACM stuff, I mean, Paul's one actually wrote for them anyway back in the day. Um, all the courses, the Check Level 1 and, and Level 2 and the Holistic Health Programme, are, are the place to be really they're the ones that I mean having studied with the guy for 10 years um, or 9 years you know he, the guy's just a pioneer so um, it's great to have him back on the show we go deep into lots of different things including God here we talk about biohacking um, we talk about religion as well as well as God um, and other things so without further ado here he is, he's the main man, here's Paul Check, and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, Paul, welcome back to the Revive Yourself podcast. How are you today, my man? I'm great, thank you, Ryan, how are you? Um, perfect, perfect. It's a, uh, we've been having a, a glorious summer so far. I don't think we've had a drop of water for a couple of weeks over here. Um, don't know, what, what is the weather like where you are? Roasting? Very hot. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we've had it into about the high... I'm actually about 31, 32 degrees, which for us is pretty, pretty warm. Um, that, what would you get, about 35 over there? Celsius. Oh, well, let's see, the other day it was 105. I don't know, I don't have the math, you double it and add 32, so yeah, yeah, I double. Think it, I think it's pretty warm, 105, right? 105. 60, 32, it's about 32 to 33 degrees. Mm, yeah, it's warm enough, warm enough for me. Um, Paul, since the last time we spoke, I've seen you, you've been sort of like a bit, bit more out in the uh, in the public eye. Uh, I remember one of the first questions I asked you last time was, wasn't it a bit frustrating that even though you've been doing this for so long, um, you're still a little bit in the unknown, but it seems like you've been doing a lot of um, podcasts, a lot of public appearances, and it seems that hopefully we're getting you and the Tech Institute out there. Yeah, 
you know, uh, I think from me just sending books to key people and um, having some of my students that have reached high-level positions in various organizations has led to some dots connecting. And I think, you know, the Aubrey Marcus podcast, the Ben Greenfield podcast, the Onnit podcast, uh, and the Mind Pump podcasts have caused so many people to be aware of the Czech Institute that were not aware of it before. It's really uh, been a kind of a huge lift, big big wind in the sails. So it's been lovely. No, yeah, they were awesome. I listened to them myself. So some really good um, good content. On there. Actually, one of the ones I believe that you were you were saying that um, I think it was on Aubrey's uh, podcast. Um, he actually asked you a question that. Um, Put a lot of intrigue into it, and it's something that I was actually wondering because I hear you. It's a weird one. I hear. You, I mean, I know you've got so much done, so much research in all different topics, etc. And when it comes to God, um, he he asked you what God, what God is. Um, and one of the things I actually wanted to ask you as well. Well, for our listeners out there, I'd like I'd like you to tell them what your beliefs are on that. But also, you know, when it comes to religion, because lots of people believe in religion and. And I know it can be quite a sticky subject because, for the most part, I think it can be quite a hmm, it can be quite a thing that keeps a lot of people back, but because they don't know the real meaning behind it, um, and especially with that. And also, I've heard you talk about before that you don't, but you, you don't believe in the Big Bang. Is that true? Um, it's not that I don't believe in the Big Bang. Um, it's that I don't believe that the Big Bang is the only Big Bang. Right. There's just too much scientific evidence and you know mainstream scientific materialism really does a the same kind of job of holding science back that re, that organized corporate religion does and holding back the growth of people's consciousness and spiritual development if you watch the genius series that's produced by national geographic the first one is on einstein and he, it beautifully encapsulates how the scientific establishment works extremely hard to resist and negate any new idea that goes against their own beliefs because they're so afraid to admit that they were wrong or to fall into an inferior position or lose their sense of power and authority. So they work extremely hard to diminish any new inventor or new scientist or theorist that has a potential source of wisdom or knowledge or evidence that the old paradigm is false. And so, you know, the challenge for Einstein was that the specific theory and general theory of relativity went against Newtonian mechanics. And in the day, that was the law. People were in love with Newton's concepts and basically believed them like the law of God. But then Einstein had to go through the same process when quantum physics came about because quantum physics was a challenge to relativity theory. And now in some areas, Einstein's concepts have been proven to be only partially correct. Mm -hmm. With quantum mechanics, you have exactly the same problems in religion. And religion and science are the two largest establishments that influence uh, pretty much all aspects of our lives. But particularly education. So the two greatest sources of programming, of conditioned beliefs to people are science and religion. 
And interestingly enough, we've gotten to the point now where quantum physics is actually giving scientific evidence for the very things mystics have been saying for thousands of years, many of which were burned at the stake by the church for saying such things. Yeah. So really what you see is sort of the inherent resistance in what I call the spiritual gym. Carl Jung said uh, all religious systems were designed to specifically protect people from the direct experience of God. Uh And most people don't understand that. But what he was saying is that a person needs to have a mental structure that produces enough resistance to bring them to a state where they realize they have to go beyond the ideas that are written on paper or what somebody else is telling them is the law, or they don't grow any sense of individuality. They just become a conformist, which means to stay at the psychological development of a child. So religious programming creates resistance. For example, a God that will burn you in hell, a God that has wants, needs, and demands. Well, first of all, that goes completely against the concept of what God is. By definition, if God is God, God has everything and needs nothing, or God is not a God. God's just a a mythological character with a bad attitude. So when you have this God that puts you against your sex drive, selects which music you can listen to, often the food you can eat, the clothing you can wear, what days of the week you're allowed to worship, or when you have to uh, go on a journey to Mecca, etc., you can find that so much of your inherent drive of individuality and creativity is being repressed, and that people all around you are living in ways that are very painful, which leads to a lot of alcohol and drug consumption, there's huge amounts of violence amongst religious families. All you've got to do is look at the book, Your Body Keeps the Score by Basil Vanderklok, MD, and the statistics are shocking for how much violence there is in physical, emotional, mental, and sexual violence. If you look in the Catholic Church itself, it's got a long, long history of sexual misconduct going right to the very, very top. Um, in fact, if you study the history of Martin Luther... Um, when he was trained, being trained as a monk and he got shipped to work, at, uh, transferred to work at the Vatican because he was a, a, a master of the Bible and teaching Bible studies, one of the things that happened when he walked into, he accidentally walked into the wrong room and he walked into what was a birthday party for a pope or a bishop and a, a, a naked young boy jumped out of a giant birthday cake and they were having kinds of you know, sexually explicit experiences that were supposed to be kept behind closed doors. So, you know, there's an old saying, the devil's favorite place to hide is in the church, and there's a lot of truth in that. And what is the devil but repression? The devil is uh, a symbol for um, anything that gives you a sense of freedom. And... And then we also forget that the concept of good cannot exist without the concept of evil, just like north cannot exist without south, or east without west, or up without down. So the paradox is when all these religious 
systems put heavy emphasis on what you have to do to be good. They don't realize every step you take in the direction of manufacturing a good, you create its and functional antagonist. Just like if you take a shovel, shovel and start digging a hole in the ground, isn't it true that the deeper you make the hole, the bigger the pile you have right next to you? Right, yeah. But also, Paul, like, if someone says to you on the human level, don't push that big red button, what do people want to do? They want to push that big red button, right? Well, it's like saying a, a psychologist often use this analogy. If somebody walks into the room and says to you, Ryan, don't look for the pink elephant with purple spots. Exactly, yeah. Well, immediately your psyche is looking all over the room because a pink elephant with purple spots is such an anomaly that the brain wants to see what it is. Um, it could be a threatening thing. But to get to the deeper issue I'm pointing to here, when Jung says all religious systems are designed to protect you from the direct experience of God, what people don't understand is that God is unconditional love. God is absolute. No beginning, no end. No inside, no outside. Omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent in all places. These are words right out of the Bible. So when one has an encounter with God in a spiritual experience, whether it be through things like torture, starvation, intense yogic practices, breathing exercises, spontaneous experiences or experiences induced by psychedelics, by dance, by, you know, many people have these kundalini rising events due to going to dance halls where there's flashing strobe lights. Some truck drivers get it from the markers on the road flashing at night. Vibration can induce it. If you look at the book Vibrational Medicine by Richard Gerber, he has a very comprehensive section on how these things happen spontaneously. But the point that I'm getting to here is because God, by definition, is unconditional, the source of all pure potential, any encounter with God, by definition, demolishes the ego because the ego is that of individuality. And by definition, the ego means border, barrier, or self-definition. It's only because you have an ego that you can have a conversation with me and know that you're talking to me. If you had no ego, you, you would actually think you were me, the floor, the bed, the bugs, the moon, the stars, and you wouldn't have any sense. It would be like, you know, so, a piece yeah. of, uh, it would be a, everything would be a piece of your own body, which is really closer to the existence of God. Yeah. Also, if you didn't have an ego, it would, it would kill the capacity for what we call love, because all love requires a subject-object relationship. If you say to a woman, I love you, sweetheart, I, you're, that means you are in the person of the subjective experience of love, and she, sweetheart, is the object of your love. Love, I define love as the flow of energy and information through empathic and compassionate connection to self or other. Because if you say, I love myself, then the I of you, which is consciousness or God within, is loving myself and your body or your sense of self becomes the object. So whenever someone has a union experience with God, which is referred to as a satori or an enlightened experience or moksha 
or nirvana. There's different meanings to these things, but basically they mean that the ego is dissolved and there is no sense of I and thou. There is only a sense of pure, unadulterated awareness that can't even be put into words. In Taoism, they say there's two Taos. The Tao that can be spoken, which is everything you see around you, the universe, all that which can be seen and known, but the Tao that cannot be spoken is the actual source of that which can be spoken. Lao Tzu, speaking of the Tao, says the Tao is blacker than black, deeper than deep. It is older than God. Mm. Because God is a concept that human beings have created through their intellect. But the source of all this cannot be contained in or as a concept because by definition, all concepts are based on the principle of negation. If I'm talking to Ryan, who's wearing a gray shirt, I'm not talking to Ryan's girlfriend or his mother wearing a pink shirt. Mm-hmm. If I'm seeing a black cat, then you know that I'm not seeing any other color of cat. So anything that one does to describe what God is or what God wants with any objectivity is already a major, major indicator that there's no understanding of what God is and God becomes purely an intellectual concept which tends to start wars and destroy a lot of lives. Huge, yeah. I mean, this is something that, it's like with, uh, there's a few things you touch on there that I want to get into, but it's also, it's like when you see I mean, I know we're going to, for example, we had today the RAF's 100-year 100 100-year, 100 um, celebration. And I was like, I wish we could all come together. And the people were outside the Buckingham Palace, there was thousands. And I was thinking, and I was just thinking, I wish we could all come together like this to fight all the things in the world, like we talked about, like the destruction of soil, uh, 5G, for example, which is this going to be a nightmare, um, you know, deforestation, etc., etc. It's just a shame that we don't put the energy into things like that. But as you were saying there, it's it's hard because with, with religion, people are so bought into it, and they're so bought into the following a book. For example, it's why... Um, not all of them, but for example, Muslims, um, not Muslims, radical Muslims who, who follow the, um, who follow the Quran and they do everything. They look at Allah as in like the perfect person they should follow. Um, and you look at the Christians and then you look at, I mean, Jews, for example, it's very hard for them, especially the radical ones to get, to get on because they don't see it as that. They look at it as like a bunch of rules. Whereas what you're basically saying is, you know, we're all in this together um, mm. And we should, and we're all experiencing this love. And you know, part of you is rather than looking at a book, it's the things you can't feel, the things you can't explain that are, are that are that are so huge. And so, what you said there is some of these some of these experiences people have had that they've completely taken away their ego. Um, I know you, I've heard you spoke spoke before, so you've been on about four hundred shamanic journeys over them, and these have taken away your ego. Do you think that's a that's something that I mean everyone should experience in, in, once in life to understand what? What that feels like would that bring people more into into line with understanding what God is or what's out of the universe? Well, if you look at the book "The Food of the Gods" by Terence McKenna, he actually documents the historic use of psychedelics, particularly mushrooms, throughout the history of our time as hunter gatherers and even um, as nomads. But in the early uh, periods of human society or tribes there was regular ceremonies usually at the solstices 
And um, those ceremonies were specifically to help people lose their sense of individuality, to join into an experience of oneness with each other and nature itself, which they found was very essential because without that, people tended to um, be more combative and to uh, more more easily provoked to war and, and yeah. to destruction. Yeah. I think I've heard Paul Stamet talk about this quickly, Paul. I think he said that everyone who's had like a psychedelic experience with mushrooms, they always they're much more calm afterwards, or they're much more less to phys- uh, prone to physical violence. Well, that's a general theme, but today we have something that makes those experiences much more risky because once you use a psychedelic medicine, it has the effect of breaking down the ego's capacity for repression. And it also, the ego filters out the unconscious. Remember, the ego is only approximately 5% of total consciousness. 95% is running in the background, which Mm -hmm. is what's causing you to breathe and, and regulating something like 30 billion biochemical reactions every second in your body. Wow. And, and is also highly connected to all the rhythms and flows, not only of the earth and the moon, but the sun and the cosmos itself, because you are made of all that. Mm. But the unconscious is also where we carry all of our repressed contents. So if a person has uh, sexual trauma or emotional trauma or physical trauma that's unresolved, particularly from childhood before the ego formed, then when you take a psychedelic, it blocks the repressive faculty, which is why it's used by medicine men and psychiatrists and psychologists and uh, shaman all over the world, because when people are in a healing crisis, it's very common that medical and healthcare professionals and therapists cannot identify what is actually driving the self-defeating behaviors and negative mental thoughts or um, uh, delusions and, and fantasies that are disruptive. But once the medicine works on the ego and dissolves the ego by changing the chemistry of the brain – then all these repressed contents rise up into consciousness. And if, if a, a person's got enough repressed material, it can turn them into someone who acts it out in very, very potentially dangerous ways. I I've, can't even tell you how many people I've had to help that have been very damaged by running off into the jungle and taking high doses of ayahuasca or DMT or uh, going to some friend's house who bought something on the black market and didn't know how to dose themselves or, or run a ceremony properly and created lots of problems. And, and I've known probably at this point now probably about six people to die because they, mm-hmm. if you get deep enough into the experience of God, you forget that you have a body and you stop breathing. Mm-hmm. I've seen this happen on a number of occasions right in front of me and this is why a shaman who is someone who's skilled at moving through other dimensions of reality needs to be present if people are going to do that kind of depth of work because the shaman's capable of getting your soul, finding you in that dimension and bringing you back and putting you in your body so that you don't die. In fact, if you study the history of the Egyptian priesthood, they used to have ceremonies, which is now well documented. They were using a substance that's either DMT or like it, where when they initiated the priest, they would 
do this in the king's chamber and the priests would become one with the universe, but many of them did not return. Their bodies just died. And having been through many of those experiences myself, the intensity of them and the reality of them is so much more real than what we're experiencing here and what we think as reality or the earth plane or our normal waking consciousness. And the beauty and the grandeur of it is so intense that Oftentimes, people do not want to come back into the earth plane and deal with all the turmoil, the trauma, the chaos, the manipulation, the lies, the deception. And so there, there's, there's several real factors involved, which is why these medicines have to be used in a skillful, intelligent, and spiritual way. But yes, if, if we went back to more of a ceremonial worship and respect for nature. Mm. We use nature's medicine chest intelligently. We would have a revolution, but that problem would, would be that it would collapse our economy. Because, for example, when Albert Hoffman first developed LSD, one of the things that he thought it might be useful for was to be a truth serum. So he sent it to the United States military, and I've actually seen the research on this. So they chose their most elite soldiers, which at the time was the Army Green Berets. And they gave 12 Green Berets a clinical dose of LSD. And what happened is after the medicine wore off, every single one of them wanted out of the military because they didn't want to kill anybody anymore. They'd come, they'd had such a union experience with God, they realized that they were actually doing something that went completely against the entire principle of life itself. And that was when the government was first alerted that LSD was very dangerous to nationalism. And remember, nationalism basically breaks down to a handful of large corporations that are controlling everybody. And when you look at the fact that the military-industrial complex is one of the richest organizations in the world, right up there with the drug industry, they don't want these drugs getting out because it, then you can't convince people to fight. And if you study the history of the use of psychedelics and the repression of psychedelics, what you find out is that one of the reasons alcohol is allowed, even though it's one of the most dangerous drugs in society, there's many research studies looking at the uh, damage to society and the damage to the individual risks of addiction and psychological problems. And alcohol usually ranks right up at the top of the list. Yeah, it's very high. Of drugs, LSDs usually rate way down around 14th, right next to marijuana. But what they do is they deify these these uh, healthy drugs, potentially healthy because they integrate us as evil, because they go against nationalism. And this is why they Ronald Reagan put Timothy Leary in jail, uh, you know, during the 60s revival, because Ram Dass, Al Richard Alpert Leary. Um, and crew were disseminating LSD into the public, which is during the time of Vietnam, and, and there was a massive uprising against Vietnam, and it, it was exposing, and, and that came with the awareness that the United States didn't need to be in Vietnam at all, and in fact, they were losing the war quite badly. Um, and then you have other issues, for example, you've got, if you study the, the history of the Second World War, Japan had already surrendered before the United States dropped the nuclear bomb. They wanted to send a signal to everyone, we're the badass on the block, and if you mess with us, this is what's going to happen to you. 
But this is the kind of stuff that they don't want to stop because making weapons like that is one of the biggest industries in the world. So is the military. I mean, if you look at what the United States government spends every year on the military, it's enough to rehabilitate the oil or the the soil, Mm. clean the waterways and clean the airways and restore the soil on this entire planet with just with less than one year of military budget. And the cost of that and the destruction of that and the maintenance of that ideology goes hand in hand with religious warfare. So what you see is the separation of church and state is an illusion. And it's all about brainwashing people and controlling. In fact, if you study books on brainwashing, they show uh, one of my books in my library shows that the Catholic Church had mastered the brainwashing by the 8th century A.D. and had been perfecting it ever since. It also is telling that the Vatican is... Uh, the richest corporation in the world. Um, so, you know, these. this is all about the power game and the power struggle, but if you look at that spiritually, this is the field of resistance that's set up. And just like you can't develop strength or grow muscle if you don't go into a gym and use resistance, you cannot grow yourself spiritually unless you encounter resistance. You know, I often quote Edward Edinger, MD, a famous psychiatrist and union analyst who defined consciousness as a psychic substance produced not blindly, but in living awareness of opposites. So if you took all of this stuff out of the world, paradoxically, it would seem like a utopia, but the world would go flat in no time. I mean, a good example would be how many parties And how much birthday cake could you stand before you just couldn't take it anymore and you needed to go to a soccer field or to a rugby pitch and hit somebody or be express your the other side of yourself. So uh, we have to remember that kind of the pie in the sky idea is also very childish. Yeah, but, but I completely agree. But it's like, Paul, you know, up doesn't feel so good if you never had any downs, right? I mean, or, or like... Right. And, up has no meaning without downs. Exactly, it has no meaning. And so, for example, if you want to go out and socialise with your friends and stuff, that if you do it once a week, it's like you look forward to it and doing stuff. But if you do it all the time, it becomes becomes something that you're just you're just like oh well it's just it becomes just like anything else you know too much to say too much of anything even if it's good stuff it becomes too, it becomes too much and it's not something you enjoy and so what you're talking about there you know when 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 people go into those states or when you you done it yourself gone into those states where you said you know it becomes like bliss how 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 have you not wanted to stay there how have, how have you decided to come back. Well, just quickly before that, guys, I just want to say um, this is not. We're talking about this, and Paul's. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, you actually, you're actually licensed in um, shamanic medicine, right, and everything. And this is not well, us saying you can do this. I'm licensed by the Native American Council as a yeah. medicine man, spirit guide, so I, I have a federal license to use plant-based medicines, as long as they're not synthetics, for ceremonial healing. Pro- uh, Procedures. In other words, I have a, a code of conduct that I have to follow under the laws of Native American Indian rights and religions, um, which I follow very carefully because I do not want these medicines being abused for many, many reasons. But the answer to your question is, remember when you're in that state, the first thing you have to go through is your own unconscious. So first there's a healing process of, of realizing where you've been 
shall we say, less than loving to yourself or to other people or to animals or to nature. So generally people have to go through a fair bit of healing before they can actually get into the to, to the state that you're describing. Go do their work. Yeah, and it can be very challenging. I mean, you know, people can have some very, very painful experiences. You know, I remember on four different occasions, my brother committed suicide when I was 35, and I spent years healing from that. And on four different occasions in, in healing ceremonies with medicines, I literally was crying so hard, I thought I was going to tear muscles. I was just in so much pain because I didn't realize how much pain and emotion from my brother killing himself that I had repressed. Mm -hmm. And each time I thought, okay, I've healed that now. And when it came up again, it was shocking. But we, we go through this stuff in layers because the soul won't release any more than than you can handle because it could damage you psychically and disable you. So that would negate life. People can kill themselves in these states of deep, painful awareness. But the answer to your question is, when you're in these states of bliss, one, you're also in a state of unity. And when you're in a state of unity, you become unusually aware of how much pain there is in the world and how much sadness there is in the world. And you realize that life is why we're here. And you actually realize that God cannot know God without life. God as absolute cannot even know itself without the relative. So the relative really is how God becomes conscious of what God is. If we don't have any concept of God, then there is no conception of God, and therefore God itself is an, un, is an unknown entity. For example, before we knew what gravity was, we just knew something was holding us to the earth, and when we jumped, it pulled us down. If we threw something in the air, it came down, but we didn't know what it was. So until a person comes to the realization that God cannot know God without this polarity of consciousness, which is why I said consciousness is a psychic substance, which means it's real, that is not experienced blindly, but in living awareness of opposites. So the two polarities of God, which is a mathematical zero, unconditional love's not a condition, therefore it's everything and no thing simultaneously, but the two qualities of zero interact with each other constantly at the speed of now. So the emptiness of the yin is what basically produces the vacuum in quantum physics. And the fullness of the yang produces the plenum, that which is constantly producing itself. And quantum physics shows that subatomic particles spontaneously emerge out of even a vacuum constantly, just like lights flashing out of the middle of nowhere. But because the universe is made of these two forces, the vacuum and the plenum, or the empty and the full, and you can see that, you know, Lao Tzu describes that in simple objects. The emptiness of God is manifest as empty space, which without that empty space, you couldn't have space for your organs. You can't have, the cup would have no utility. So the, the shape of the cup the yang of it, the body of it, gives it structure. But the emptiness of it, it gives it utility. Mm -hmm. so really, everything in the universe is a mere image of what God actually is in manifest form. But 
when we consider that God is absolute potential, that there, there can be an infinite number of universes, and, and you can have some profound experiences of that. And if you study Rick Strassman's research, and you know, I've got volumes of research into psychedelics, and I've had these experiences countless times myself. I've literally been in other dimensions of reality where I was alive there and there was people there, but it was a completely different universe than this one we're in right now. Mm. And, and the, you know, quantum physicists have come to the multiverse theory. How did that look? How did it feel? Um, consciously, I felt very much like I feel right now. Um, but I've, I've been in dimensions where the beings that were there when I was there were very, very different. Um, it's a bit, you know, bit, for, a bit like what Michael Tazarian talks about and people like that. Do, do you know? I don't follow um, him at all. All right. I think you you really enjoy his stuff. You'd really enjoy his stuff. Uh, talking about just being some different, I don't know, different dimensions and what what we what we could maybe like the Egyptians used to go into, etc. And sort of the creatures that are around. It's, it's a bit. Um, yeah, it goes back into that sort of stuff. I mean, sorry, Paul. Go ahead. Explain. Well, you can you can get beings that I've been in places where beings looked large, like large insects, like praying mantises, and they were yeah. very highly intelligent and understood and can communicate. I've been in beings where all the beings were really like orbs. You know what an orb is? Yeah, yeah. They're balls of light, mm -hmm. but they were interacting and exchanging information just like we do. In fact, mm -hmm. the soul is thought to be an orb of light when it leaves the body. I've, I've, uh, I haven't had these particular experiences, but many people have gone into dimensions where all the beings there were like machines and, and they were very mechanical, but they had consciousness, which may be a look into our future because now they're starting to mix AI with, with uh, you know, various technologies. So we have a lot of things. But you got to remember, God can't know God until God tries everything. Right, God, yeah. has, God has no fear because God, by definition, can't die. So, And, and because the oh. truth of this is God, these experiences that we're having are – they seem real and they are real, but they're only relatively real because the ego's capacity to perceive the truth of itself is so limited. If you think of God as an infinite ocean and the ego as a thimble, well, how much of the ocean of God can you put into a thimble? Not much. So even when we think we really know, we don't know that much. And the closer you get to God, the more you realize you can't know anything because to know God, you have to remove yourself well yeah, you're yeah objectifying no. god yeah no i was gonna say it's like you don't it's like a child they don't know you say it's gonna work or not until they try it or even us like you don't know if it's gonna work or not until you try it but that's where i've, I've heard you talk before and i talked about this with warren before and a few of the other guys and it's like difference between knowledge and wisdom right knowledge is being able to do something but wisdom wisdom tells you maybe you shouldn't do it like making the atomic bomb for example um, yeah you can and, and i look at that this this lot of stuff of ai i think a lot of it Sometimes I don't, don't know if um, if like Hollywood always shows us how it can go wrong and stuff. I don't know. Are you are you a little bit worried about AI or how do you feel about it? Well, you know, whether I'm worried about it isn't really of any consequence. If you just look at human behavior, um, we face the same issue with nuclear weapons, and and they're here, and we now have enough nuclear power to destroy the world something like 179 times over mm. 
uh, there's 23 countries that have nuclear weapons pointed at each other, um, any one of which will start a doomsday event because the I know the United States military, the Russian and many of the English and many of them have retaliation systems that are controlled by computers. So if it's imminent that a nuclear weapon is going to hit any of these major countries, they will automatically release theirs in the opposite direction and will destroy the whole planet, which kind of is good because it puts everybody in checkmate. The problem is <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah. you, get a, you get a Donald Trump or you get like a, a dictator like a Chinese or a North Korean or South Korean or one of these guys that kind of doesn't even care about death and just wants to punish the world, then we have big problems. But when it comes to AI, it's going to be tested. And, you know, if you knew what the United States government and the English government, many of them were already testing behind closed doors, it would shock the hell out of you anyhow. Mm, like I mentioned. So it's really, you know, you really, it really puts you in a situation where the best you can do is voice your concerns and participate. That's what part of all this is for. Yeah. It, it forces you to make a decision. Either stay on the couch and complain, which is the choice you're making, or get up and get involved in life. And when you when you when you look at God, you can say God is the great storyteller. God loves to make believe. And and so make believe, can, yeah. the universe is the stage, and our inner self is is the actor. And everybody else on the planet is the cast and the crew. And so religious war, political battles, it's exactly what people love to watch on television. In fact, one time Paramahansa Yogananda was giving a lecture to you know thousands of people. And somebody stood up and raised his hand and he was quite emotional because Yogananda was saying, you know, God is love and things like that. And the guy quite emotional, said to Yogananda, how can you say God is love with all this war, destruction, rape, pillage, etc.? And Yogananda looked at the man and he smiled. He said, do you, do you like the movies? And the man said, yes. He says, do you like a, a little shoot em up? And the guy said, yes. He says, do you like a little plot twist and some steamy sex now and then? The guy said, yes. And Yogananda said, so does God. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. This is... It's a weird one with all this because half of me is like, right, I'm good. Same as what we're doing here, like we're going to get, I'm going to get as many, not most knowledgeable people that I know. I'm going to speak to them. We're going to get a message out as far as much as possible. Same as all mind pump guys on it, and and yourself, you're doing. We're going to try and spread the message to affect it as much as possible. The other half of me just is in frustration of like how many people are just going through life and don't understand this and this. It's like, even though it's one person at a time, that's fine. We affect what we can. It's like I wish sometimes you can have more more of these conversations with people because I don't think they understand. Like this AI, as we always use, we've talked about it many times before. Um, I know you have a podcast. It's like um, most doctors, therapists, and ever them with fit, uh, sicker than fatter than ever. And you've got all these things that make things so easy for us nowadays to do things. You know, like like the, like computers and people are sitting there watching TV all the time, and like this AI um, uh, is coming out. But 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 yet people are still. Um, and uh, very unhealthy and it's making them even more sedentary and then you've got people I know like looking into things like trying to biohack I, I, I really struggle with that one I know you talked about it a little bit before but I always look at that people trying to biohack their way out of stuff and I'm like surely that just tells me that if you keep on biohacking 
and things like that, surely you're going to have to pay for that later because your body's doing stuff that it's not meant to be doing or you're putting it into a situation where you're having to buy a hat because it's so stressed. Or And so why don't you just live a normal life? Why don't you live a life where your body can deal with things? Well, it's, it's right in the title. Yeah, I know, yeah. By definition, what is hacking? I mean, if yeah, I, I know, hack yeah, catch it or cut something off (laughs) my challenge with the the whole biohacking industry is 99% of it is just what people are trying to do to avoid the responsibility of eating moving thinking and resting effectively and being in touch with nature so part of the whole technological conundrum is we keep reaching up into technology and depending upon technology to tell us what our heart rate is, to tell us what our blood sugar level is, to tell us when we're tired, you know, we, we're now using technology to tell us all the things that anybody paying attention to their own body should pay attention to. But what I've seen with lots of athletes using this kind of stuff is they're not only are they very out of touch with their body, but when they lose their gadget or the battery runs out or they forget it, they're completely lost. They're like someone who doesn't know how to tell time on an analog clock because they're so used to looking at a digital clock Mm -hmm. and they forget what those hands mean and this happens and you know but there's a there's a deeper thing going on with all this stuff we're talking about and and you touched on it look we've got more scientists more doctors more physical therapists chiropractors osteopaths psychologists psychiatrists nutritionists dietitians strength coaches, personal trainers, massage therapists per capita than ever in the history of man. We've got more schools than ever, and we're the sickest, dumbest people we've ever been. Oh, that's amazing. So the point that I'm getting to is there's there's something beautiful hiding in there. When you get into a crisis, a financial crisis, a relationship crisis, or a health crisis, you have a choice. Pay attention to what's happening and start thinking outside of the box and take responsibility for the fact that you've been doing what other people have been telling you to do your whole life and it got you into a crisis. So the whole world is really now coming to a tipping point where people have to at some point either start waking up to the fact that they've got to go back to natural principles and they've got to stop believing stuff written on paper like it was the word of God. And they have to start engaging in themselves and engaging in honest relationships with themselves, with nature, with money, with science, with politics, with religion. And really being present as opposed to diverting their authority to some perceived hierarchy or some professor or some scientist or some, you know, most of these authorities are not only illusory but most of them if you study them they're no sicker or no more healthy or capable than the rest of the people they might be a genius at one thing but a complete moron at the rest of their life and so all of this is really just leading us towards a uh, a tipping point where we each one of us has to get involved in our own spiritual growth and development or we die and have to reevaluate. <laughs> Mm. And try again, if you wish, you know. Well, no, that's uh, that's, that's that's something that I always I was talking. This is like, have you seen the film The Big Short, Paul? The what? The Big Short. Big a, Short. Yeah, it was about the financial American housing crisis. You know, it, it happened. Uh, it's uh, it's quite a big. It's it's quite a good way. It's it's it's, it's 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 basically like it's a it's a story of what happened in the American housing crisis, where 
they were just selling mortgages, mortgages, mortgages to everyone until eventually, like, no one could sustain it. They're getting all these AAA mortgages, put them into Bs and Cs, and name all this stuff. And, and the people betting against it were like, how is this to keep on going? Like, this is literally like a house of cards, you know? And it kept on going. And I feel like that's what I feel people are like today. Like, they're almost, they're, it's in the red, in the red, in the red, and it's just waiting for people just to collapse. Like, it's going on with, I mean, you talk, you talk I'm with, I'll, I'll let you finish your point, but then we talk about how people are letting this go with the bees and the soil, and it's just a point where I'm thinking, how deep are we going to have to go that way before, I mean, we haven't got to come back soon, otherwise we're all, for want of a better word, fucked. Well, you know, the thing is, is I think it's absolutely essential at this point. Um, if you just look at human behavior, people usually don't get involved until they're in a do-or-die situation, right? Look, health, right? look how many people have cancer. Cancer takes 10 to 15 years to develop. You have to work at it. Mm. I mean, to be obese doesn't happen overnight. So when you see somebody like you watch Super Size Me and see people go to McDonald's and get fatter and fatter and sicker and sicker, well, it's not like they're not looking in the mirror every day. I mean, uh, you know, if you're watching your body get fatter and fatter and sicker and sicker and you're doing what the doctors tell you to do and it's not working, then you're an idiot if you keep doing it and you deserve yourself. So the reality is that it's human nature to take the path of least resistance. The problem is the path of least resistance is not always congruent with the laws of nature or reality. Therefore, we're at a point now where we need to grow spiritually beyond ethnocentric religions, ethnocentric beliefs about science, my group or my idea against yours. And we have got to become aware that we are people of the world. We all are the children of this earth. None of us can exist without it. And therefore, we must consider she is our mother and we must take care of her because our life depends on her health. We must also consider we are people of the solar system. We can't be here without the sun and we can't be here without the moon. If the moon's gravitational energy wasn't here, the oceans would stop moving and we'd all be dead. We'd have no weather patterns, things like that. And because the sun is part of a galaxy, which is part of a universe, it doesn't take too much reduction in, in asking what's part of what or what causes what to get to the point where you realize we are the whole universe. The whole universe conspires. And therefore, we're at a point in the evolution of man where we actually sadly need a catastrophe that's so big it crosses racial, ethnic, religious borders and we all have to chip in and help each other or we're all going to die and then i believe we'll realize we're one big family and all of the rich people will have to go by the wayside with all their games because they too cannot eat dirt and they too have to breathe and they too have to drink water so you know if you watch david wilcox show wisdom teachings on gaia tv he shows very clearly that NASA's demonstrating beyond a shadow of a doubt that the entire solar system is heating up. Venus is getting hot. All the planets are getting hotter and hotter. And re research by NASA and other scientists has showed for quite some time that we're due for a massive solar flare any time now based on the record of when the sun has these massive solar ejections of plasma, which is highly electrically charged. And... The last time it happened was, I think, in the late 1800s, and it caused all sorts of havoc. But they say that it could wipe out every electrical system on the planet. So ask yourself, how many days will it be 
without food in the supermarket when there's no electronic systems to communicate, to regulate traffic, shipping systems and all that. And what's going to happen when nobody can get food, water, electrical pump situations go down, gasoline runs out. We're going to, you know, potentially what's coming is a solar mass ejection that will level everything on this planet to the point where we all have to go right back to the basic principles of farming, surviving in nature and and relying on each other to support each other. It's amazing how the universe has that, right? Well, you know, because it's all growing with us. We got to remember that the universe is an organism of its own, and there's plenty of good research showing that. I mean, without a long discussion, because I don't have time, but you can see the universe goes through its own stages of development, which can be paralleled directly to the stages of development of not only the human body, but the human psyche. So we really are expressing the universe at different stages. So. You know, I'm, I participate to the best of my ability, as I'm sure you know, with all my blogs and my institute. And I do as much as I can because I care about people and I understand who and what I am and what they are. But at the same time, I do my best not to get too caught up in it because it's really, you know, it's only God experiencing God. And there, because God's unconditional love at the end of the day, it's really a dance. You know, this is why in Hindu philosophy, they have the term Layla, which means God's cosmic dance, and Maya, which means the grand illusion. And, you know, if God is unconditional love, by definition, God's mathematically a zero. Any other thing, any other number represents a condition. And if God is a zero, then everything we perceive as real is actually a virtual reality. If your mother's a zero, then you can only be a virtual one. So at the end of the day, it takes this virtual reality for us to have the experience of love. And we can't have the experience of love unless we also have the opportunity not to love, just like we can't have good without bad. So if it all comes to a, a collapse, Ultimately, we go back to the drawing board and enter back into the consciousness of the unity of whatever it is that we emerge from, be it the Tao, call it God, call it the zero point field, whatever you want. You don't have it doesn't have to be science has made it far enough now that science and religion say the same thing at the core of, of their being. So my dream is that we become intelligent enough to start loving and respecting the planet and each other without a destructive crisis so that when something natural happens, like a massive solar ejection, we can lean on each other and feel safe together to make it through the thing. But if something like that happens now, it's probably going to be Mad Max relived. Okay. Right. Got you. Yes, I I need to go. Cool, cool. No worries. Paul? Because um, I know you've got to go there, mate. It's going to be um, obviously I'll, I'll schedule because we've got a lot more I wanted to talk to you about there. Um, got a busy schedule. Thanks for coming on and sharing that with us. But I know I completely agree with you, mate. And um, there's there's so much more we've got to talk about. Just because I want to get your more of your wisdom out into the world. Um, thanks very much for coming on again, Paul. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And um, yeah, and if we can, I know you've got a busy one. If I can make it up to the up to the heaven house, I'll give you a shout. All right. Take care. Thanks for uh, sharing your love with the world. So there he was, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Sheck. Um, 
going to have to get him back on <laughs> even quite soon. Uh, the guy is an absolute legend, genius. He's a very deep thinker. I mean, he's read so much. He's done done so much. He's practiced so much. As he said, he always. It's what we always say on the show. You know, don't believe what what I say. Go and practice it for yourself, and then come back. But actually do the practice don't just half ass it or just muck around go out there and do it and learn and, and read this is the thing i get a lot of people and they even some people in the health world they disagree with certain things it's like well have you actually done the work we talk about certain subjects with people they've got even this is when we go deep into into things in, in the in the normal world with politics and stuff and they've only listened to one side it's like the vegans who've only listened to the vegan issue they haven't seen the carnivore diet where people have actually healed themselves with meat you know i mean politics in general i don't i mean left and right wing are part of the same bird so it's all it's all a lot of baloney to me but it's like you've got to look and do the do the research do the work you can't just listen to a soundbite and think you know you know some of the people we're talking about here i mean some of their lectures are 10 hours long that's one lecture that's without going to all the other um stuff or, or information or lectures or books that they put out there and so you can't tell people this in one sentence but it's this is why work paul, paul is so important he's been doing this for for 30 years now and he's gone deep into everything and the reason why is because when you look at health first you start looking at well, what's going on here? What's going on with the body? Okay, well then, what what affects the body? Oh, food and thought. Okay, so where does food come from? Well, that comes from the animals. What do the animals eat? They eat the they eat the produce they're given to them. Where's that produce come from? It comes from the land and the soil. Then you go into the energy and you go into the spirit, and it's da da da. And you realise everything affects health. Which is why it's such an important topic. Um, so let me know your feedback on on this episode with Paul, guys and girls. And I'm sure you loved it as much as as much as we did. And you know, it's talking to him is an absolute pleasure. Um, and we'll be getting him back on soon. The next guest for us is Troy, uh, the certified health nut. He's an absolute legend. He's another one. He's another Czechy as well. It's funny enough, um, but he's yeah he's been doing this for a long period, long time as well. So I'm going to go deep in with Troy and loads of different sub topics. Um, Troy Casey, so really interesting. Um, as always, guys, as I mentioned before, anyone with a chronic health issue that's just getting into this sort of stuff, our free four-day mini course over at www.reviveyourself.co is there. Uh, but anyone who's been dealing with a chronic health issue for a long while and, and needs a more detailed approach and looking for some one-to-one support, I've got... Um, I've just had two spaces open up on my program, so um, email me at ryan at reviveyourself.co or you can head on over to the contact section on the www.reviveyourself.co website. Um, don't worry about the link, talk about the program, just fill out the box below and you'll, and you'll be. Uh, I'll get the message and I'll reply as soon as I can. Otherwise, guys and girls, lots happening, lots going on. Remember to take and do everything you can. This is not about doing everything perfectly, it's about doing as much as you can to get healthy eat right get in the right amount of sun stay away from the table sunblock unless you can get a good one like Macola or pure enough stuff or badger for example especially in the summer um pure water guys lots of rest rest as much as you need as well as exercise remember that with the yin with yang comes uh yin you need to have both um Watch out for the Wi-Fi, guys. You've got it on. Do you need it on at night? Flick it off at night before you go to bed. Um, you don't need that around you. Your phone, if you're carrying it on, you're not in your pocket. Have it on airplane mode. If it's on your back pocket, women never put it next to your breast. Lots of stuff, okay, guys and girls? Otherwise, as always, I'll uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, love you guys, and I'll speak to you later. Bye-bye. If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 